Hi, Gavin. Hi, Louie. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween, everyone. Listeners, I want you to know that I'm a little tips, but I feel he has, about- He's been vomiting for the last three hours. Maybe he's infected. I'm infected um, <laughs> with something we like to call White Claw. White Claw. Ladies and gentlemen. We are basic. <laughs> just sipping on the drink of the summer this- on... <laughs> <laughs> on the rainiest night in October. On the rainiest night in October, spooky ooky night. Yeah. Truly. Ooh, like nail polish remover. Yeah. Ooh, she's wonderful. good. She's tasty. It's actually not bad, guys. Hi, everyone. We're the Mixed Reviews. We are. We're a film podcast in which we take a subject, an actor, director, or a mini genre, and we talk about what works, what doesn't work. We take a deep dive. We do Absolutely. a little research. Some exactly. um, boots dig- on the ground. We dig our own graves. Oh, and yeah. And we crawl back out with the info for you. You can't keep us down, Hannies. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Uh, this is our second spooky episode of the year. Last episode, we talked about Vincent Price. We did. Which I feel like went very well. It did go very well. And I still feel a little... I edit the show, so like I have every right to take something out if I want to. And I left me getting emotional in, and I heard only positive feedback, but I still feel a little silly about it. Gavin was crying for years. I was. <laughs> he I was out. like, no one died? No. <laughs> and you were like, Vincent Price actually did. Vincent Price so, is dead. Yeah, he's dead. It was a great episode, and before we get into our new episode, I want to look at our Twitter. We had a lot of engagement. We did. I think this is the first time uh, on the poll that an other uh, got so many votes. <laughs> Uh, I also like the fact that I feel like you're in the me position this time, where you picked like a really obscure one and that nobody has seen. This is pure homophobia. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So my pick, Champagne for Caesar, got 4%. I want to say 4% was probably my singular, singular vote. Singular vote. Um, cool guys. Great. Like, love that for me. And you. House of Wax got 26%. This is the first time Other has gotten close, like second place, um, close to the top. So 29% said other, and 41% of you said Dr. Fibes, which was Gavin's pick. Congratulations, Gavin. You are this week's winner. <laughs> uh, so we, we had so many um Oh, my picks. God. So many votes for Theater of Blood, which I'm sorry if we did not talk enough about. It's fun. It's super camp. Uh, watch Theater of Blood. It's great. Diana Riggs in it. I love Diana Rigg. We, we got yelled at for not including uh, The Thief and the Cobbler, which I also saw and loved. It's an animated film. But the history of The Thief and the Cobbler would be... An entire episode on its own. It like I I don't even want to get into it. Like don't that's not, please, but please, yeah, Kevin, please. But it's it's good, and I totally understand the great mouse detective. Oh yeah, Edward Scissorhands, Laura. Yes. Uh, so a lot of people had lots of thoughts and feelings about Vincent Price. I, we also released a lot of good content. Gavin's been really producing some really excellent content for the Instagram. I'm just trying to produce that content. We love content. We love content. We talk a lot about, uh, the, the really interesting and, and especially with Vincent Price, he has such a, a, a long career. Um, not only in movies, but you, re- we did a full mashup of commercials. Oh my God. I love those commercials. And they're so good. I mean- Believe the hype. Okay, guys. Like the Instagram is fun. Um, and you get little clips from us. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but also with, uh, actual uh, video that Gavin expertly edits together. I'm going to try and add more photos and everything because I, I can't do a video for everything. I would love to. They take time. That's what I do for a living and I'm not getting paid by our Instagram. So. <laughs> Homophobia strikes again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but okay. Anyway, moving on from Vincent Price. We love you forever. Master of horror. We are continuing the theme this month. Gavin, who are we talking about? We are talking about 
zombies on film. Yeah, we are Robin Graves snatching wigs. <laughs> it's just scalps, though. <laughs> scalps, yeah. Scalps and maybe that, that bone at the top. The scalp, uh, whatever the head the, bone. The fleshy part. Yeah, the head bone that's connected on the uh, neck, neck bone. bone? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking about zombies. Yeah. And I didn't even... We, we talked about zombies a while ago. And I didn't even realize, like, oh, Zombieland 2 is coming out. Yeah, uh, saw it. You saw it? <laughs> yeah. Is it out? Yeah, it came out on Friday. Or it came out on Wednesday. And my friend Kim, friend of the pod, wanted to see it. And I was like, absolutely oh falls into goodness. theme. So I didn't. Did we even know that it was coming out? I think I did. But I, I did not. I was like, like tangentially in the back of my mind. At work, they were like, oh, here's the review. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that is coming out. I've been watching a million. <laughs> I literally, I've, I've been going to PT, um, physical therapy out there. Um, and I was, I just assumed Barnum. Right, so. right. PT Barnum. I've been going to PT Barnum. Uh, yeah, my physical therapist was like, what's going to go on? I was like, watch, well, I've been watching a lot of zombie movies. And he was like, well, you have to watch 28 days later. And I was like, okay. Had you never seen it before? No. Oh. And then, he, and then he was like, and you have to watch World War Z. And I was like, well, well. You're like, girl. I, I watched both. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch that too. But <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about zombies? I mean, I, I want to talk about, this is our third installment of uh, spooky Halloween uh, characters yeah, we, in our... We talked about witches. Yes, and we did vampires. Vampires. Uh, and this is our third year uh, choosing, you know, classic characters in movies. Um, and so we're talking about zombies. And what do we, like, just like in general, want to talk about? Uh, because I think... We talked about like witches usually are stand-in for misunderstood women and right. like liberation and uh like pro-feminist right. kind of stuff. And, and there's and there's a male aspect to it, but yes. for the most part in history, that's exactly it. When it's we talk just, about vampires, it's mostly about sex, it's, right? It's sex, it's powerful. It's fear of the foreign. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the you know the thing the the like sexy foreigners can come for you at night and like and yeah. also just like. This internal desire and you know? penetration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's all about like, uh, internal desire and like what makes us like want things that we shouldn't want. Yes. All that stuff. And so what do we think about like zombies in that sense? Cause I think I, I definitely saw. Uh, so first of all, I had not seen a lot of zombie movies. I still did not see a lot. There. Yeah. Tons. Uh, but there's a clear theme running oh, through yeah. a lot of them. I mean, there is. We're going to get into it. Uh, there's an unfortunate uh, quality where a lot of them get very samey, samey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the zo- like I've, I've, of course, seen a lot of zombie movies because I was a teenager. I was a bad boy. Uh-oh. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> Your mom was like, don't go with that Gavin kid. <laughs> He's naughty. Exactly. It's that. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's also British. So. <laughs> Your mom's moaning myrtle. <laughs> yeah. I think zombie films are better when they do have something to say. Absolutely. And I, and I definitely think we're going to get into it in the rewind, but I, I think, I do think that there's a, a fear of, of other, of large amounts of other, of like an endless horde. Um, right. That, that's kind of the interesting thing. We've definitely, there are movies obviously of multiple witches or, right. um, less so with vampires, I guess. They don't really. Yeah. There's, not, I mean, there's groups of vampires. You get yeah. things like the Lost Boys where it's, yeah, like, true. Sort of, and there's, and there's covens of witches, but it's never, the threat is never a, never feels like it's about the group itself i mean the the mob right that's exactly the term like this mob mentality because zombie uh, zombification really leads to like there's it's a hive mind yeah of like one thing happening and like 
kind of the decay of society. Right. And like anxieties having to do with that. And, and conforming. Yeah. And, you know, belief systems and fear of disease. Yeah. Which is the other sure. big thing. And I don't, I mean, obviously zombies didn't start out that way, but I think it's really evolved into that. Yeah. And that's what's interesting. Also, zombies feels like they are the, it's, it's like a genre of movie that has morphed maybe the most as far as it can meaning. Yeah. Like, in witchcraft and like in the witches stuff, it's all about like magic kind of stuff, you know. Uh, and, and with vampires, there's always going to be, you know, right. The th- and, the, and there's also in both of those things, just to tie it back to the other two, there's a sense of wish fulfillment mm. as well, because magic sort of gets is a means to an end. And most of those movies end up having uh, the lesson being like, oh, it can't get you everything you want. Right. And vampires in a similar way, you know, a lot of the times you You're get be- bitten, you become beautiful, yep. you get to live forever, you yep. get super strength, super speed, all these things. There is no wish fulfillment in, in zombies. being a zombie. Yeah, yeah, it's fully, you're uh, undead for the rest of your life. You have no thoughts. It's a yeah. blank or or like this just fully rabid. And it, yeah. it brings out the worst in us, you know? It brings out fear, terror. Um, and a lot of the movies I think we're going to talk about, it's, you know, what what are you willing to do to help others? Yeah. You know, it brings out the worst in you to, like, push people away so to be safe for yourself. So... I think this would be very interesting. Absolutely. And there's a lot of good movies and bad movies um, that we can get into and um, talk about. Absolutely. So let's get into our rewind. Zombies, complicated. Yes. Long history has morphed over time. Oh, absolutely. But before we get into, I want to say, uh, like zombie on film and movies, I think it's important to like figure out where are zombies from? Like, what the idea, where is it birthed from? Uh, so zombies are actually uh, come from Haitian folklore. And it's the classic thing where, like, white people don't understand, you know? 100%. Yeah. And There's so much of that about the early zombies. Right. Stuff. And people just uh, sensationalizing yeah. things. W.B. Seabrook wrote a book called The Magic Island, where he went to Haiti and essentially wrote this sensationalized account of voodoo occult and magic there and that's what introduced the word zombie into the the u.s language so the word zombie as we spell in english is pretty close to the haitian french zombie with just a terminal i and it probably comes from a congolese word zombie with an n some places there is a god named zombie there was a revolutionary hero named zombie some people have associated it with a type of bird other people say there's a plant called zombie the zombie is a somebody who was supposed to be dead, but who's not. The origin of the zombie in Africa was a separation of spirit from body and being stuck in the mortal world. Dutch slavers, Portuguese slavers, heard tales of these fears that the people had that witch doctors were capable of stealing their souls. They would steal a person's soul, put it in some kind of vessel, and then the body would keep laboring for the witch doctor. Somewhere around the colony of Saint-Domingue, around the Haitian Revolution, uh, 1800, the word zombie and the soul capture mythology come together. And from that point on, we're talking about the zombie as a walking corpse. There are a lot of more books 
that come out of this H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. You can also point to Frankenstein, you know, animating the dead. Absolutely. That is the idea. When we're talking about the, the very early stuff, it's not which is. I mean, I would say the modern thinking of zombies are like extra powerful, right. kind of uh, insane, crazy, you know, rageful. Right now, we're talking just about um, animating the dead. Right. You are dead, but you are kind of just like alive. There's nothing really about eating flesh right. or brains. Uh, it's fully just, oh, bitch, I thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah. And there, and there's, you know, there's a lot of the lore about, you know, witch doctors putting, yes. essentially drugging people, putting them into a trance, yes. making everybody believe that yes. they are dead. They get buried. They dig them up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this drug cocktails work through this, through, through their system, made them susceptible to command. Yeah. And there's lots of weird things about being able to pierce the skin and it not being able to bleed. Right. And it's, um, a, a lot of it, goes back to the history of slavery. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was, they would use it as a threat to slaves. We will make you undead if you do not listen to us and yeah. follow what we have to do. And like Gavin said, they would make these cocktails and potions and powders, literally bury you alive and then bring you back up and you would be working for them in the fields or whatever. Yeah. And it was mostly done by a voodoo master. And then there was always, I read, I think, um, there was also like an opposite, like a good voodoo person who could yeah. like release your spirit and your soul. Uh, there is along with this comes a, a weird amount of anxiety amongst white people of the idea of them becoming the slaves becoming the enslavers. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole, I mean, once again, we're not experts on this, but no, this no. is just. This is just stuff during just research you know, that came up. Right. Just so you know where this idea of zombies came from. It's specifically Haitian. In 1932, White Zombie is the first uh, film where you see a zombie. And I, it's pretty easy to find. You can oh, find yeah. It and Amazon it's like Prime. an hour. It's real breezy. Really breezy. Um, and, and truly, it literally looks like, oh, that's a, a black person who just this blank stare. Right. And is following the commands of a master. Yeah. I have been on a journey. men for my milk. Then, they work faithfully. They are not worried about long hours. You, you could make good use of men like mine on your plantation, though. It's interesting, though, that the antagonist in that film is Bela Lugosi, Uh who is white, Mm -hmm. but is also a foreigner. Right. And so there is that still that element of fear of the foreign entity coming in. And, and it's almost like these are like, there's an evil magician character yeah. who's has this like army of zombies to do his bidding, essentially. Yeah. Um, that's in 1932. Um, there are movies that in the thirties and forties. Yeah. And the, 50s. the next big pop culture moment uh, for zombies, I want to say is the Val Luton produced uh, Jacques Turner, 1943's I walked with a zombie mm-hmm. also just an hour long, Worth both of these movies are worth looking into. By the way, if you if you're interested in just seeing well crafted, well made movies from that era, but as well as just interesting on the subject to see a different point of view. She is dead. Oh, Mrs. Rand. She is dead, living and dead. Mrs. Rand, you're not seriously trying to tell me that my patient is a zombie. I'm not mad. It's true. What these movies are trying to say are very different. It's it's all about threat. Like it's not like oh no the undead are coming up. It's like I will fuck you up. Yeah, and make people think you are dead and you will be my slave. 
and that is uh the culture you know uh and and it's a very it's, it's a very exotic thing uh in 1959 plan 9 from outer space is released this is where the science fiction zombie starts coming in the dead are animated through scientific means and not through magic means right or spiritual things yeah. when we get into modern thinking of zombies it's really not until we get George A. Romero's right. uh, Night of the Living Dead in 1968, which kind of like heralds the, I don't know, the golden era Absolutely. of zombie movies. And what's interesting is he didn't set out to make no. as a zombie. You know, he said on set they called them ghouls. Yeah. We were trying to create a new creature, somebody that was dead but came back. We didn't have a name for that creature, even. We called them ghouls. I said, you know, George, who are these characters that's ch chasing this girl? And he said, I don't know. And I said, well, when I was reading it, it seemed to me they could be dead people. He said, that's good. I said, but what do they do? You don't say that either. He said, I don't know. I said, why don't we use my flesh-eating idea? There was an article in Cahiers du Cinema that called them zombies for the first time. I was clinging to the idea that we had created something new. And when I read that article, I said, oh, this ain't new at all. So that's when I started to accept them as zombies. Uh, Zombie it, is not mentioned in at all in the movie. No, absolutely not. And it's, and it's interesting because there is a slight science fiction bend. There's a small mention of a comet passing by, which right. never gets brought up again in the dead series. <laughs> um, and, but it, it's an interesting idea that he accidentally creates this modern, very American monster. Right. It's funny that the American idea of zombies comes from him. He ends up creating this trilogy of movies in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they're very successful and kind of kick off this, uh, the new culture, this idea of not only undead, but like eating flesh. Um, a lot of them have, uh, you know, th that first movie I saw in theater at the Alamo a while ago. Um, it's the, the protagonist is a black man. Yeah. You know? And so, and, and again, like kind of, it sparks this idea that like these movies should have something to say. Yes. A lot of his movies talk about consumerism, capitalism, um, you know, the failure of government. Absolutely. Uh, it, I, it's, it's interesting because if you, if you watch, if you watch all all three of the original uh, Dead trilogy, which, by the way, the, the Dead movies are there's actually six of them. Less said about the other three, the better. But bloop the you know the first one has all these undertones about racism, and it has a lot to say about fear of the other. Second movie has a lot to say about consumerism and the end of the baby boomer, boomer generation, and the third movie has a lot to say about anti-authoritarian military mm. versus ideas and science and i i think it's really interesting to watch that george romero clearly has a message right underpinning these three films and those even those ideas permeate through a lot of the best zombie movies even till today you yeah know? because a lot of them will tackle military government uh you know uh consumerism and stuff like that. And, and so it's these are universal themes, and that's probably why, I mean, these movies were huge. They were made for nothing. Yeah. George Romero was just a New Yorker, made, I think, did he make this movie in Pittsburgh or yeah. something? I mean, he made all the dead films in Pennsylvania. Made for nothing, and were huge, culturally significant movies. Um, this also introduced the, the concept of a zombie apocalypse, 
you know, and not just uh, contained, you know, zombie outbreaks, but these were kind of uh, end of days, you know, uh, uh, because in his original movies, it fully was like, it almost felt like this one house is under attack by this group of ghouls, right? Um, As you go on, uh, it turns into like, oh, infection, uh, the entire world is under siege, and what you, what are you going to do? In 1978, we had Dawn of the Dead, um, and in 83, Thriller, uh, Michael Jackson's uh, music video features zombies. Right. Uh, during this time, you know, it's like zombies are brand new, they're hot and they're great. But I would say after that, you know, they're becoming less popular. Right. A lot of people credit uh, Thriller specifically with the the killing of the zombie for a decade because you don't really get a popular zombie film. I mean, Romero makes Day of the Dead still later in the 80s. Right. But you don't really get a popular zombie movie until the 90s. Right. And, and we're going to talk about why in a moment. But it's really interesting that they pin that on Thriller because I think that's really unfair, I'll be honest, because Thriller is huge. And I don't think it diminishes the zombies as a scary villain because the zombies are, besides the fact that they dance, <laughs> still really scary when the when the video gets scary. Yeah, it's almost. I mean, it's it's almost that thing where like you know they weren't cult anymore. It right, was, it had gone mainstream. Um, I did want to mention really quick in 1968, Night of the Living Dead, which was inspired by I Am Legend, and, and we talked about uh, Vincent Price's movie Last uh, Man on Earth. Yes, which I liked a lot. Yeah, and it's very there's a very clear inspiration. I once again I had never seen Last Man on Earth. Uh, until we did the Vincent Price episode. episode. And it's so clear how much inspiration it takes of the, of the loner being in their house. And the, the vampires in Last Man on Earth are very zombie-like. They're slow. Mm -hmm. They're pack mentality. And, and it's interesting, like, how clear that inspiration is. But once again, even though it's made, you know, on a shoestring, Romero still knocks it out of the park in comparison. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so now we're getting to, you know, zombies eating brains, eating flesh, kind of what I would say is the like first round of modern zombie thinking. Like they're, they're slow moving, uh, they're shuffling. Yeah. You know. The Romero shuffle, as they call it. Now the brain <laughs> thing actually is interesting because the brain, the brain edition in the Romero film, zombies eat flesh. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the flesh is. But the brain thing is really interesting because that impact comes from 1985's Return of the Living Dead, which has a story credit by John A. Russo, who's the co-writer from Night of the Living Dead. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. Brains only. Yes. Why? The pain. I can feel myself rot. Eating brains. How does that make you feel? It makes the pain go away. Now. Oh, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Now George Romero sees this film coming out, takes him to court. He's like, he can't do this. Can't profit off of my creation. Uh, After all, he'd already made Dawn of the Dead. Judge rules, because he made Dawn of the Dead, that George Romero can stick to calling his films dead films and Russo's films have to retain the title living dead. So they know that there's a separation between them. Wow. It's a very weird sort of, you know, cut the baby in half yeah. and see you both get to keep it. 
Right. And I just, that ruling is so strange to me. But the Return of the Living Dead movies are much more comedic. And also what's interesting is their zombies don't die. Mm. You can't, you can shoot them in the head all you want. They're still going to come after you. Right. And that, it's, I mean, literally, it's the worst case scenario. If, if you're ever in a zombie apocalypse, the first thing you have to do is make sure you're not in the, you know, Return of the Living Dead right. universe. Because if so, you're fucked. You want the headshot zombies. Yeah, absolutely. These movies are coming out, but they're uh, decreasing in popularity significantly. Yeah. And it's not until the late 90s when, strangely enough... We get the Japanese zombie video game, Resident Evil. Absolutely. One of the most anticipated games of 1998, Resident Evil 2. If the suspense doesn't kill you, something else will. And House of the Dead, which is that big arcade thing that you go into at, like, I don't know, your local Dave & Buster's or whatever. (laughs) Uh, I like that you're giving it for a nowadays context. We used to have these things called malls, guys. Right. Do you and guys they had arcades. <laughs> Do you remember? Um, mine was called the Silver Coin. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think my arcade had a name. It just had arcade on it. Oh, that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the Silver Coin, though, it was like this. Oh, no. It was called Tilt. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Uh, these movies introduced, you know, new type of zombies. Oh, that, these video games. You mean, yeah, the, the video games. Uh, it got a new generation of people interested. Absolutely. I mean, these, and also, it's the first time, like, you as a person could, like, fight against zombies. You know, you're fighting against, like, this enemy that they were, you know, bloody, gory, spooky. And genuinely scary. I mean, I used to, I was never very good at the Resident Evil games. Part of it was, is I hated the controls. I hated the fact that you had to move with one joystick and aim with the other. But I had friends who were so good at it. Mm-hmm. And I used to go over their house and just watch them. You play could just it. watch it because, and it was so scary. Those games were very cinematic, you yeah. know. And it's with these movies that games. <laughs> Sorry, yes, these games that uh, it introduces faster zombies. Mm-hmm. It also introduces zombie dogs. Not, I mean, you know, and and, and expanding on the idea of viruses. You know, and and maybe a little bit more um, literal or real world applications of how could zomb- an, a zombie outbreak actually happen, and what will we do to survive such a thing? So this is all bubbling up in uh, the Asian market. Uh, Americans are slowly being introduced to Resident Evil, loving it. Yeah, living, laughing, loving it. <laughs> if you're white and living, I don't know, with your mom, um, in I don't know. Um, Mom, get me that Dreamcast. Please. I want to uh, play Resident Evil. I don't even know if it was on the Dreamcast. It was on, it's certainly on the Nintendo GameCube. Yes, certainly was on a, a variety of PlayStations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the 90s, that becomes really popular. And uh, in the 2000s, you get 28 Days Later. Yes. 28 Days Later by um, Danny Boyle is the first time you see a zombie running. Yeah. And I wouldn't say like I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna I raise my finger on this okay. just because there is a film okay. from the seventies called Nightmare City. Now you're gonna run into the same issue actually when you talk about Danny Boyle's Twenty Eight Days Later because Danny Boyle himself famously does not consider Twenty Eight Days Later a zombie movie, which is it's relax. Yeah, relax. we get it. We get it. You're an art fucking director or whatever. Um, in the seventies, uh, because. Even though uh, zombies were on the outs in America, still weirdly popular in Italy. Uh, but, you know, the horror movie was very big there, too. You get Lucio Fulci's Zombie, which is a direct sequel oh, right. to Dawn of the Dead. because Or Zombie 2, as it's called over there. It's called Zombie here because Dawn of the Dead was just called Zombie in the European market. 
Umberto Lenzi directs this movie called Nightmare City in the 70s. And it's about irradiated zombies who then kill people and those people come up from the dead. And it's the very first time you get fast-moving zombies in a movie. True, the human organism is greatly strengthened. However, the power still remains the brain. A lesion to the nerve centers can produce paralysis. The procedure stops the complex entirely. You mean that only bullets damaging the cranium can stop these, these monsters? This corpse is the proof. However, Umberto Lenzi's like, oh no, this isn't a zombie movie, it's a movie about nuclear fear. And so everybody's like, I guess, whatever. Sure, Jan. So then, 2000s, 20 days later. And they're not like hyper moving, whatever, you know, like I think later in the aughts you get like even scarier paranormal, path, yeah. yeah, like really like crawling on ceilings. Yeah, crawling on each other, making bridges yeah. and shit. Like, yeah. like fucking, okay, they're acrobats too, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird that all these zombies know parkour. Yeah, yeah, crazy. <laughs> um, but in this, it's, it, you know, I, there are a lot of movies that, you know, humans could, like, just outrun the zombies. Yes. Or, like, push them aside. Yeah. And they weren't actually attacking you. They were just, like, right. trying to the, chomp on you. The fear is the mass. Yes. Um, and the in creating the fast zombie, you sort of create... I, I don't know. It's just a predator. Then it's just, you know, anything is anything that's fast is scary. Like, right. I don't want to be in a pen with a cheetah. Well, it, I think it's like, uh, and this mostly comes with the whole idea of the virus outbreak. So in yes. 20 days later, it's not zombieism. It's the rage virus. Yeah. And, it, and that's very true, because even if you go back to Dawn of the Dead, it's not the bite that really makes people into zombies. Obviously, the bite is horrible because right. it tears the flesh. But a person can live very long until they die with a bite. Yeah. But it starts to become the fear of disease that really defines it. And the disease is transmitted through saliva. Yeah. And the disease now kills you and reanimates you. Yeah. And or in 28 Days Later, it just makes you uh, real crazy and zombie, you know. Right. And, and, and these are the movies where it's like, full, like, if you get blood in your mouth. Yeah. If that poor fucking guy who gets a blood drop in his eye. Oh my god, that scene. That scene sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Hannah, I love you very much. What? Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Dad? Keep away from me! Dad? Keep away from me! Keep away from me! Keep away! Keep away! Keep away! And again, not to say that there are a lot of movies in the 80s that come out there. I want to mention um, Serpent in the Rainbow. Yeah. Which is like really this... I think Serpent in the Rainbow is the only mainstream quasi-contemporary movie to actually try and deal with the voodoo, the voodoo aspect. And it's based on an, uh, on a biography. Yeah. And it's about like this guy who's trying to like find like a a medicine thing, uh, for anesthesia or something. What's the name of the actor? He's so cute. Oh, it's Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, who, yeah. like, is my favorite, like, flavor of white bread, <laughs> you know? There's that awful scene where they're torturing him and he's naked. Yeah. I was like, that sounds spooky, but you're cute. But the funny thing is, too, is a lot of people say Music of the Heart is the only Wes Craven non-horror movie. I I think Serpent in the Rainbow, directed by Wes Craven, is, mm-hmm. it's, it's, like, horrific. Yeah. But I don't think it sets itself out to just be a straight-up horror film. No. It's, it's so much more interesting than that. It's very thrilling. Yeah. Um, there are certainly supernatural aspects of it. Um, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting movie. I haven't seen it in years, but I loved it. Yeah. I, I loved watching it because if, if you're interested in the lore of voodoo, uh, 
And and this is like like you said, the only modern movie that it really tackles the origins of this. It's not just like oh no, a virus or oh no, bad things. This is fully you know uh, going to uh, ground zero of uh, where and how uh, zombieism yeah. came from, and it's interesting. So in the so we get twenty days later, we get Resident Evil, the actual movie that comes out with Mila Jovovich, um, with the evil Umbrella Corps. Yeah, uh, a movie in which more people die from lasers than they do from zombies. Lots of lasers. So many lasers. What's that? This is also the time where we're getting genre twists, turns yes. on it. In 2004, we get Shaun of the Dead. Can I say, I am so mad that I didn't get to rewatch. I fucking love this movie I so much. I love Shaun of the Dead as well. But I, I, the Cornetto trilogy, they're longer movies than usual. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I cannot commit myself knowing that I have so much to watch. Yeah. But just know, listeners, I fucking love Shaun of the Dead. The thing that Shaun of the Dead does beautifully is it finds a way to make the humor... Obviously, there's humor about zombies, but it, in a way that Romero's films are political, yeah. it finds a way to comment on society as it was in the early 2000s, that that sort of post-9-11, you know, post but also like just like mellow UK times, you know, the time of the slacker. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really interesting to watch it from that perspective and that it actually has something to say. On top of that, you know, they went basically Romero, but they Slow. were inspired by the Resident Evil games because they, they essentially what it was is Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright were doing this TV show at the time called Space. Sean happened because Edgar Wright and myself were making our TV show Space. The beginning of one of the episodes starts with me lost in the game Resident Evil, and it was just a very sort of sneaky way to enable myself to shoot some zombies, you know. They totally captured that feeling of Romero's films, that shambolic zombie. It looked like they'd almost watched those movies to get the way those creatures moved. It really ignited that sort of love in me again, and Edgar as well. And we started talking about Dawn of the Dead and how much we loved it. And then we had Dawn of the Dead on set, and we were like, we should make a zombie film. It's brilliant. It satirizes the whole genre. You know, I have heard some uh, derision of it. I would argue that potentially Shaun of the Dead had a lot of influence in kind of killing the slow zombie in movies. If you have two bumbling idiots who can throw records at zombies and sort of accidentally kill them, it sort of causes problems in terms of trying to make the slow zombie really scary. Once again, I disagree, and I I hate these like blanket statements because I always think there's something interesting to do with a genre, but you actually have to have a point of view. Simon Pegg has said before he prefers slow zombies. He thinks fast zombies kind of take out all the romance and empathy. If I can make a criticism of running zombies, it's this. It's that running zombies generally, there's kind of like a fitness level. If you look at the zombies in 28 Days Later, they're nearly always like sort of fit you know, like they're in like a sneakers commercial. Zombies that are slow are infinitely more terrifying. It's the difference between getting shot and getting cancer. The zombie that gives you time to think allows you to visualize your own death. And that is one of the darker elements of the human mind. The thing about zombies is that they were people and they are kind of wiped of, you know, who they are. And uh, like you said, making them into these predators kind of, and, and that a lot of these movies, it's all about, it's like, no, it doesn't matter. It could be your brother or your right. sister or whatever. You have to fucking kill them. Like, right. all that shit. I also think fast-moving zombies 
sort of they don't leave a lot of room for character development because they can just sort of pop out anywhere and, and kill anybody at any time. Right. Whereas if you're allowed to sit with these people in these movies, you get to see them know what makes them tick. And even terrible people, you get like an idea from. So when they die, you, you're like, fuck. Like, yeah. but well, what I hate the most is, and I found this when I was watching the sequel to 28 days later, 28 weeks, weeks later, later, these movies ask us, to consider, you know, you're a bad person because in the f- in the heat of the moment, you decided to run away. Yeah. You're a bad because you didn't stay behind to get fucking eaten with your wife and kid. You're bad for that. And, th- and it's it's casting judgment. And a lo- in that movie, a lot of is it, it comes around to be like, you fucking pathetic loser. You left your wife and kid. That man could not have helped that. Like, you know. Right. And, and uh, especially in that world. Yeah. In that world. And. And not to say that, like, and I, and there are some movies that are very successful in this. You know, I, Train to Busan, which we'll talk about later, yeah. is about like helping others and community. And I, I buy it. Yeah. There are other, like, 20 weeks later though, is saying you're bad because when a horde of 30 people came, you decided to run instead of staying with your wife and kid. Right. And not helping in an unhelpable situation. I'm not learning any compassion from that. Yeah. I, I also kind of hate, um, any, of the zombie trope of the the like the one human who's gonna fuck it up for everybody the the human you know the person who gets bit that decides to hide the infection from everybody or the person who comes in and is like I'm gonna rule the society and and I get that a huge part of any zombie movie is the idea that people are flawed mm-hmm. and that there's always a risk of that and even zombie movies I really like the original Dawn of the Dead you know it's another group of humans who become so jaded. That they're willing to just ruin this thing for other people because they feel like they're right. not sharing. Right. And I mean, it's but, all about survival. Like, it's like, it's, it's the, it's, it's kind of pushing you to the edge of survival. Like, what would you right. do? But the constant reminder that like, oh, people are just as bad as these monsters outside. It, it gets to a point where I'm just like, yeah, I get it. And I oftentimes feel, uh, well, we'll get to it in our one star reviews. It's coming. It's coming. Um, okay. We're in the, the odds. So we mentioned Shaun of the Dead. Mom, have you been bitten? No, but Philip has. Oh, okay. Has she been bitten? No, Philip has. Oh, okay. Listen, Mom, what sort of state is he in? Oh, he's fine. Bit after the weather. I see. What's the deal? We may have to kill my stepdad. Listen, Mom, sit tight, okay? You're not safe there. We're coming over. I don't want to cause a fuss. We're coming to get you, Barbara. Uh, this is also the time when we get Zomcoms. Uh, you know, and that's, you know, Warm Bodies is a version of that, which is fine. I, when I first watched that movie, I was like, oh, fun, love it. And then I rewatched it for this episode and I was like, man, you know, this guy kidnaps that girl and wants us to think like it's good. And it's, it's not, yeah. you know, and I, I think everyone, the writer of that novel and, and it's YA fun and I'm yeah. the first person in line for that. But it's not fucking cool. Yeah. Like, and the and the girl like becomes sympathetic to him, and it's like, but don't you understand? He's Romeo, and she's Juliet. Why did you come here? Ar? To, to show everyone. Show them what? <laughs> we can change. Uh, check yes, Juliet. I don't think so, honey. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're, I guess we're already in the aughts and the twenty tens. You know, we get a lot. We we get our animated zombies. We get Corpse Bride. We get Paranorman, which I love. Yeah, Paranorman so fantastic. much. Uh, and also, I the thing that I love about Paranorman is the idea that it's like 
can you make a zombie movie for children? Mm-hmm. And I think Paranorman answers that beautifully. It's like, yes, here's some conditions. Well, yeah, it's yes, but also that is the one movie where th- there's a great scene where the zombies are surrounded by the, like, modern folk. And the modern folk are all on their phones and being disgusting and awful, right. like Americans, whatever. And they become in the mob. And kind of what you said about the whole idea, like, we're just as bad or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's, Paranorman is all about being misunderstood. Yeah. You know, the witch in that movie is misunderstood. Paranorman is misunderstood. The zombies misunderstood. Everyone's misunderstood. It really is able to trigger actual sympathy. Yeah. Um, from all angles. And, and that's just like a very, just a and, very smart movie. And maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing for a children's film. I do kind of hate the trope. Of looking at a zombie and being like, oh, well, they're just misunderstood. There are lots of other, right. you know, the, and I think it works for Paranorman. I don't think it works in Warm Bodies. And it certainly doesn't work in the Disney Channel original movie, Zombies. <laughs> which is a musical Uh-oh. about how zombies are second-class citizens who should be treated fair and equally. There are movies where zombies are the stand-in for minorities or second-class citizens and all that mess. The thing with Paranorman that makes it sympathetic, they say that they were wrong. Yeah. They were humans once, and they were wrong. Does it look like any of them are trying to hurt you? They're just people. Well, at least they used to be. Just just stupid people who should have known better. They did something unforgivable because they were scared and they were cursed for it. Now it's happening all over again. Don't you get it? They were just like you. But now it has to stop. For good. And I think in a lot of modern movies, they don't give you the opportunity for that because we're living in a fucking Fast and Furious world. And they just want to drop us into, you know, all these remakes. There's tons of remakes of these Romero movies that are just fully like, you know, oh, maybe we can kill zombies on a boat. Maybe we can kill them with fucking helicopter. Maybe like, and how crazy and all the antics and stuff. And it's frustrating because the best horror movies have something to say yeah. about our anxieties and they speak to our time and where we're living. Um, and, and, and I think Paranorman just is able to like kind of bloop, 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 walk all over that so successfully. Um, what else do we have to say about the rewind? I feel like we're up to date. I mean, there's a million movies that I didn't mention. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. The, you know, <laughs> here's the thing I watched. Many documentaries, there's surprisingly so many documentaries about zombies, um, partially because they've so oversaturated yeah. the market. Oh, yeah. And I think that's maybe the last thing we need to talk about in the rewind. So zombies really post Resident Evil and it's, it, it starts to become, you know, I have my friend Austin, uh, I was talking to him about zombies and he, he's very young and he said, you know, I was born during the zombie boom, so I was already over them. Right. Wow. And and I think that's where, you know, when you have a TV show that's on once a year for like 10 weeks, uh, <laughs> The Walking Dead, which also has now two spinoffs, you know, comic book form, video games, like every video, you know, uh, what's that war video game that everybody called Duty? There's oh, like zombie, zombie versions version. of that. I think what it is is it you know the 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 fear the thing that caused us to be scared of these things has sort of left. Yeah. You get there's so many more zombie comedies now. Right. We get I mean so even thinking about 
uh, and thinking about like Zomcom stuff, we get Life, right. Life After Beth, right. which is oh like my God. a comedy, yeah. you know, even thinking about, you know, Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies. Reanimating yeah. the dead. You think about iZombie, you know, solving yeah. crimes and murder mystery. I forgot about iZombie, which is a show I really like. I like iZombie. Yeah, yeah. The comic book Chew. Yeah. You know, and, and there are a lot of... Uh, Last year, there was a, a zombie musical. Friend of the show, Christy Puchko, was a huge fan of this zombie Scottish musical called Anna and the Apocalypse. Listeners, I have to tell you, Anna and the Apocalypse is fucking a joy. Um, Shockingly, lots of bangers in it. A lot of bangers in that movie? If you walk away from that movie without there's no such thing as a Hollywood ending, not in your head, yeah. I don't know how you did it. That is like all it's if you love Gaga, <laughs> if you love Christmas, if you love zombies, Anna yeah. the Apocalypse is for you. Anna the Apocalypse is a lot of fun. Once again, though, it has something to say because it's it's teen anxiety yes. about failing your parents, doing the thing that they don't want you to do, leaving the nest. Right. There's a lot of my it, favorite zombie know. movies have a trigger. Right. I, I, I didn't like going into these movies where it's like, okay, we're here, we're trying to survive this thing that happened. Right. My favorite movies were, I mean, surprisingly, um, I, I'm sure you've uh, watched Brain Dead. Yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Super ultra gory, which made me squeam and like, just like, but it, it has that perfect trigger. By the way, New Zealand's first zombie movie. Really? Yeah. Good for them. Um, it has that perfect trigger of, a grown man trying to, you know, break free from his mom, yeah. trying to date, trying to, and, and the mom's, uh, uh, anxiety and rage, it triggers the entire movie and the outbreak. And the best zombie movies, I think, have this thing where in Anna and the Apocalypse, it's this girl saying, I'm not going to go to school. Right. I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to follow my own bliss and, and, and triggers the, the, the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, and those are the, those are the fucking best ones. Oh, absolutely. And besides, real quick, still on Dead Alive, also without Dead Alive, you would never get the amazing line, I kick ass for the Lord. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. And that's the thing, though. So, okay. Mo- this is kind of in general, but for zombies, I love these movies that either have something to say or are really fun. Yeah. A lot of these movies will hit one or the other, maybe yeah. both at the same time, and there are a lot that don't do either. Yeah, some of these movies are so in love with their own fucking sadness. Right. Or, or a lot of these movies are really in love with, like, blowing shit up and yeah. fucking bleh. Like, my dick is so big and we're killing zombies. It's yeah. like, God, kill me if, like, I, 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 I could live without any more movies where, like, a really masked bro is like, no up, bro, we gotta kill zombies. Like, yeah. ugh, ugh. Hate it so much. I think that's where we're sort of at now is there's a, there's a saturation flood of zombie movies in the market and maybe, just maybe, there, we could take a step back. I just saw the preview for the, the next spinoff of The Walking Dead, which is about the, the teen kids in the future. Oh and God. A, and I was just like, I, I can't. So that's where we're at with zombies and maybe we should move into our picks. There you go. So now we're in our one-star reviews, which we're going to tell you the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst. Uh, Gavin, why don't you go first? Okay. This is not easy because there are so many bad zombie movies. Right. And also, I want to say really quickly, um, 
I didn't even mention the international flavors. I mean, I talked briefly about Train to Busan, which yeah. I love. Yeah, I actually really loved it. I saw it for the first time for this as well. Me too. Yeah, we'll and talk I, about it in our five stars. Um, But also, I didn't get to see Juan of the Dead, yeah. which is Cuba's first uh, zombie movie. We didn't mention there's like zombie movies that are just like very fucking silly about yeah. like chickens and all sorts of things. Oh, Black Sheep that's about, you know, zombie sheep, and yeah, which is a lot of fun. And if they bite you, you turn into a sheep. I mean, uh, how could you not love that? Okay, wait. First of all, I love that. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the there is a wide swath yeah. of movies. There was an NYU student, James Riffle. He wrote and directed this movie called Night of the Day of the Dawn of the Sun of the Bride of the Return of the Revenge of the Terror of the Attack of the Evil Mutant Alien Flesh-Eating Hellbound Zombified Living Dead... Part two in Shocking 2D. That was in 1991. Yes. And I just wanted to say that because I think it's really fucking funny. And I just love how zombie movies are ripe for uh, uh, parody and spoof uh, and might be the funniest of our monsters that we have. So thank you. It's um, it's also known as Not Dot. Uh if you can find one, they're, they're cult. It's a classic movie, uh, from 1991. If you can find it, God bless. I just love taking the piss out of these very spooky, ooky movies because I will say, listeners, some of these I, I would take out my earbuds because I didn't want to hear it because yeah. I, I hated the sound of it so much. Yeah. I was, I yeah, didn't, I did so much chewing. You so know? much <laughs> It is. It's like sitting next to an old person on a train. It's just like, no. <laughs> Just close your mouth. <laughs> Please. Let um, me live. But we're not here to talk about the things we like, Louie. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm we're sorry. Past. Okay, Gavin, what is your one-star review? So, this was difficult because there's so many movies I can tell you that I did not like. Yes. One of my least favorite movies, for some reason, is every year on AMC Fear Fest. It's called Flight of the Dead. It's one of the worst made films I've ever seen. I hate it so much. House of the Dead, the U-Bull film, which actually uses clips of the video game. Like, what the fuck? Uh, Little Monsters just came out on Hulu. I was so angry at this movie. Ooh, Little Monsters with... um Lupita Nyong'o, who's yes. an angel. Yes. And is the only reason that movie got a two stars for me instead of a one star because she's really fantastic but fucking josh gad fucking another romantic comedy about a shit man who has to like prove himself to a woman even though he's shitty and never does whatever so mad don't watch it um, it's on hulu but don't watch it yeah except for if you want to you know impress lapita um but uh you know the day of the dead remake from 2008 which is what i was referencing earlier about zombies crawling on the ceiling which i don't even understand mm -hmm. how how they got supernatural powers resident evil which you brought up the resident evil films all of them chuck them out throw them away there's a lot of them yeah they've made it like a butt ton of money oh yeah and it's the only thing that's paying for mila jovovich's life which yeah. is Shitty, because she deserves better. World War Z, which is based off a book that if you like zombies, you should totally read. But don't see that movie. Yeah. That movie's real bad. But I will give the crown okay. to a little film I watched last year during the Halloween season, because I thought, this looks fun. This looks fun. You're I'm wrong. ready to have some fun. You're wrong. I was wrong. No fun? No. It's from 2015, and it's called Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Okay, that sounds familiar. I did not yeah. watch this movie. Directed by Christopher B. Landon. It's a movie starring Ty Sheridan, everyone's favorite Cyclops. Oh, yeah. Right? He He's no. the one that everybody thinks of when they think of Cyclops. Um, and David Koechner, who I've never liked. Uh, it, it's a story of three high school sophomores 
who really want to impress everybody, but they're also Boy Scouts. And basically the town, I'm doing this as fast as I can because it's a very hazy memory because I hated this movie so much. It's, they're doing everything they can to impress all these people, but they're nerds because they're Boy Scouts. Of course. And of course the town gets overrun by zombies and they know how to do everything because they're Boy Scouts. It's essentially like an American pie zombie film. Hate it. Yeah. And so that's like the, that was the pitch in the elevator. Yeah. It's so clear to me that there's no deeper context of this movie, which is funny because you mentioned something like Anna and the Apocalypse and Anna and the Apocalypse is a, a movie about anxiety about the future. You know, it's this girl who's trying to seek out her place and find where she fits in and, and really wanting to find herself and ends up finding herself in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. These kids don't want anything other than to be like bros Hate it. and be like, oh, you know, like the sex starve, horny sophomore teenagers. Straight, of course, obviously. And fucking hate straight people. Yeah, I know. And I'm kidding. I love you guys. Yeah, it's great. Keep but kind listening. Of. But kind please. Of. Uh, but you're on the nice. <laughs> Let's just say that if there's a zombie apocalypse, Louie's not saving any uh, of you. Uh, absolutely not. Um, Raise your hand if you're straight. Get out. <laughs> you can't stay in this mall with us. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and it, it's, it was just a really frustrating movie because a lot of the humor is very base. Carter, we can't just keep going around killing people. He's a human being. Okay, well, we'll see how you feel when he's eating your nutsack like a street taco. Remember our wilderness safety seminar? When encountering a hostile creature, be sure to assert yourself in order to keep the animal at bay. That is a zombie, not a bear, dumbass. The guy that directed it, as I mentioned, he was involved with three of the Paranormal Activity movies, and he was like, I wanted to make something lighter. And then he, quote, uh, said, when I re read the first script, I was like, wow, I can actually make a gory R-rated version of the Goonies and Gremlins or even Monster Squad. End quote. But at the same time, he wa he wanted to do a modernization instead of doing a throwback, something like Disturbia. Bum, 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 no, that's the good one. That's oh. the Rihanna one. Oh, true. That's not yeah. the Shia LaBeouf one. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. And I don't know. I don't really understand the point of view or the reason that this film was made. I don't understand why it was greenlit other than it was something mindless that they could put out and that zombie movies are kind of cheap to make. Right. I mean, this movie clearly had money spent on it. It looked, it looked Was like this it, pre or post Stranger Things? Because I'm looking at the poster now. Stranger Things. The poster looks very... 2015. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it kind of looks like... In, it's, it's definitely of that vibe of like yeah. throwback, even though it's set modern, you know, that, like I said, Goonies. It wants, yes. it really wants yeah. to be the Goonies. Um, I mean, the girl on the cover poster is in the tight like you can the see her tightest, nipples the, yeah it's the tightest tank top and like a teal bra yeah it's just like come on guys i don't know it's it's like sexist it's boring uh i hated all these characters it you know i i never want to watch a zombie movie where i'm rooting for the zombies true and fair. in this i was just like somebody eat them i mean the the end of the film there was complete deus ex machina where one of the characters is like i built a bomb yeah and it's like what the my favorite thing was watching these movies and be like, oh, she's gonna die. Yeah. For sure, you're not gonna make it, bitch. But that's me on Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. It's trash. My one-star review is 2004's Dawn of the Dead, which is a remake of George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Don't like the zombie baby? <laughs> Fucking zombie baby! <laughs> Why was it so small? 
It was like a little gremlin. Um, yeah, to the, it almost feels like you guys remember like corn and <laughs> um, a lot of this. You can't say, "Do you guys remember corn?" When I'm taking a drink, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying you like, can't do that. A lot of this movie, there's is, some rules. A lot of this movie is that song "Down with the Sickness." Yeah. The, the movie also goes out of its way to do a Down with the Sickness cover. Disturbed. Disturbed. With no E, right? Yeah. Disturbed. Oh, that's right. There's the Richard Cheese cover of they do, Down with the Sickness. They do Richard Cheese yeah. cover of Down with the Sickness. Get it? It's funny, guys, because yeah. it's Dick Cheese. Yeah. Get it? And Get they it? like, and they also, it's, we're knowing. Um, and then they play the actual Down with the Sickness at the very end. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the vibe is very, you know, disturbed, corn, yeah. limb biscuit shit. It's 2004. Everyone wants to be masked. Um, wait, from a script by James Gunn and directed by Zack Snyder? I can't believe it. Directed by Zack Snyder. I, when I put this movie on, <laughs> I put this movie on, I was like, okay, I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. I was, I mean, at this point I was searching for my one star. I was like, let's choose her. And, uh. I wasn't searching. I found them. You found, they, they came to you, <laughs> yeah. honey. The budget was 26 million. It made over a hundred million dollars. Oh, I saw it in the theater. World of... Wow, Gavin. Yeah. You were part of the problem, honey. I am always part of the problem. Um, it doesn't, you've got Ving Rames, you've got Mackay Pfeiffer, you've got the dad from Modern Family, uh, Ty Burrell, <laughs> Ty Burrell playing an asshole. Yeah. Ooh. There's a scene where he fucks a girl from behind. Yeah. That's as close as you're going to get to gay in a Zack Snyder movie. Scandal. <laughs> um, a lot of like random nipples in this movie. Yeah. Um, essentially, you know, uh, zombie apocalypse for no reason and then hot girl goes to a mall with people she meets up with including mckay pfeiffer who has like a russian fiance who's very pregnant she's russian for no reason which isn't like a problem but she's played as like slutty russian for no reason right we go to hospital now there's and there's a lot of that i I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but I think the thing you're getting at, too, is that there there's no commentary in this no, movie. No, 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 no. This movie has nothing to say. And and so, pretty quickly, I was like, okay, this movie has nothing to say. Right. And I was like, is it fun? Answer is no. Because it is, it is just filled with very awful men who are trying to, like, I don't know, show how big their dick is or whatever, you know, and be like, I'm in fucking charge. I'm not giving up my gun. You give your gun and get the gun out of my face. You can't just turn them away, CJ. You'll kill them. Tough shit. Self defense. I'm not killing anybody. You know what? I'll kill you. No, no, no. Stop it, CJ. Don't do this. Shut up! I'll kill each and every one of you to stay alive. You hear me? I said, get the fucking gun out of my face. Ooh, you got quite a mouth on you. Somebody should show her how to use it. And that just goes on forever. It's exhausting. And the worst part is, the best movies, you don't see any of this coming, you know? In this movie, you, you're like, oh, okay, they're in a scary spot now, like, th- something's gonna happen, like, oh, the thing is gonna jump out now. And it does, you know, this movie, there's nothing subtle or, you know, smart about this movie. And also, this is the first movie I saw, and I was like, these people do not know what's happening. They don't understand what's going on. This movie, do you, I, I have a, qu- a big question about that. Do you prefer that though? Like no. in a, in a post Romero world, if like they don't know to mm. shoot the zombies in the head. Mm-mm. Cause I do get a little tired after like the, after like the ninth zombie movie that I was watching where like I had to have someone else explain you have to shoot him in the head. Well, I, it's not about that, but it's, I don't like the idea of like, Oh wow, you're sick. Come in here. Yeah. What's going on with you? And there, as a viewer, I know. Right. I already know. There is no tension here. Yeah, you're going to have to kill him. 
George Romero himself was asked about it because he only passed away a couple of years ago. Yep. Uh, and he said, oh, it's fun for about 20 minutes, but then it really loses its charm. It does. I mean, because it's exhausting. There's no subtlety. There's nothing. Right. There's no, uh, learning. Uh, you know, you don't get a sense of why these hordes want them. Right. Like, why wouldn't they just like go away? You but, know? And the thing is, too, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's a huge thing in the original Dawn of the Dead, nonetheless. Uh, but it's interesting too, because these are essentially sort of 20 days later-esque zombies. They are running, they're super yeah. fast, they're very strong. They're climbing on top of each other, like throwing their bodies to yeah. break glass. Uh, you know, very aggressive zombies. Uh, the movie ends with them like trying to make it to a boat to like yeah. sail away. And then like the fun kicker is like during the credits, they show handheld tapes of them on yeah, the that they failed. Yeah, they've gotten to the island and there's still zombies there, and they've and and I was like, oh, cool, nothing. I'm I'm so glad you picked this because this is what I was getting at the rewind that I said I would come later. One of my major problems, especially with the modern zombie movie, is they are pessimistic to the point that I find some of them unwatchable, and from a political standpoint. I've begun to believe a zombie apocalypse is a conservative person's dream. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Because what it is, is it puts an authoritarian power in charge, whoever is the strongest, whoever. And yeah. I think, I mean, I don't want to say too much shit about Zack Snyder because I know people love him, but like his dream film for years has been to make an Ayn Rand oh, uh, fountainhead yeah. film. So. I think that you can see, you can draw parallels there. And what it is, is it feels like, you know, a lot of zombie movies, there's, you know, there's always an authoritarian power, whether they fuck it up for everybody or not. There's always a lot of guns. You know, you even see that in the zombie land movies. And I know a lot of it's played for laughs, mm -hmm. but there's a very, there's a very big truth there. You see this idea of that, you know, kindness and caring in this sort of world doesn't, doesn't work. work characteristics yes. and the, you're going to die because of it. Yeah. Absolutely. If you care about anyone but yourself, right. you're fucking dead. It plays into the fears that they have about it's, the end of the world. It's nativism. It, it's nativism. It's, it's very pro violence. It's very like get, get yourself a shelter, buy yourself a shelter, plan for the worst, doomsday preppers and what Are you clean? Right. Are absolutely. you pure? Yeah. Are, I mean, in almost all of the zombie movies I really didn't like, they talk about building walls mm -hmm. and obviously with a modern context that's very different than when a lot of these films came out but it's still it feels like that it's all divisive yeah it's all meant to you know scare you into this sort of like conforming not, yeah conforming yeah. if you're not powerful enough if you're not rich enough if you're not the right type of person that's going to survive and yeah. do whatever it takes to survive and and listen i'm not the world's most optimistic person i live in reality but i do think there's a space for hope and this idea you know, and, and this sort of very dark view of everything constantly, I don't know. And it, yeah, it really bummed me out. And I feel like Zombies Guide, The Scout's Guide to a Zombie Apocalypse, World War Z, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, these movies fall in line with that. 28 Weeks Later has that concept of like, everything can be going great and one small problem and it's all over. Yeah. And it's because someone fucked up by right. loving too much right. or caring too much. And that's fucked up <laughs> it's really fucked up and so i think i definitely think there's this been this turn towards a completely pessimistic look and listen a lot of the better zombie movies think of Shaun of the dead 
when he has to deal with his mom. Yeah. You know, they come from a place of compassion and in the apocalypse has very similar themes at points in it. You, you deal with this idea that there has to be this sort of compassion in the world that your weakness isn't your your caring for others right is there anything else we want to say that we really hated i mean i feel like i got that out of the way at the top just because i really wanted you guys to know uh jim jarmusch just made a film called the dead don't die yes. and it's a comedy i guess but it was so boring i, I didn't, didn't watch it me... but derek didn't he was like you you got to see it because i hated it i was like oh yeah it's really bad and i like jim jarmusch but like ugh, you know it's funny my friend Audrey, I was talking with her about it. And she's like, it's almost like he got really high with somebody and they were like, you should make a zombie movie. Here's a bunch of cash. But you know what's really funny is it actually, in a way, it came from when he was making Only Lovers Left Alive, which is a great vampire film that I love. Uh, Tilda Swinton, my favorite yes. actress, Tulsa Swindon, uh, was, was like, you should make a zombie movie. So there we go. Yeah. We're heading into our five-star reviews. Once again, Louie and I do not talk at a time so about our picks, so I don't know what Louie's going to pick. Um, but I I think the pinnacle of the zombie film, uh, in the modern context, is still 1978's Dawn of the Dead. Wow. Wait, did I just pick the remake? <laughs> you did. Wow. It's just good. I think, because the remake's not great. Uh, it's very not great. <laughs> um, I think Dawn of the Dead has... The original Dawn of the Dead has a lot of the ideas and concepts that Romero was dealing with in the original movie. This is the sequel, the first yes. sequel? Yes. Sort of amplified. I mean, in a way, it's a very similar concept, but bigger. Uh, essentially, Romero had been kicking around an idea for a sequel for a long time. A friend of his opens the Moro- Monroeville Mall, and gives him a private tour before it's open and is like, hey, you know, if anything bad ever happened, this would be a great place to survive. The seed gets planted in his brain. He wants to write a sequel. No one wants to give him money. Dario Argento, famous Italian filmmaker, essentially Italy's Hitchcock. Say what you will about Argento. I I know he has a bad name now because A, he hasn't made a good film in about 20 years. And B, he... I feel like he's a very film bro sort he- of... He did Suspiria, right? Yeah, he did the original Suspiria. And I feel like he's a very, like, film bro sort of name that gets kicked around a lot. Uh, you like Scorsese? Argento? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, but, you know, Argento, huge fan of the original Night of the Living Dead, big uh, supporter of it overseas, is like, hey, Romero, you want to make a sequel? Come to Rome. Write the sequel. You'll be away from everybody. Let's Romero write the sequel reads it like let's essentially acts as a consult consultant but never tells him no never tells never like goes in the script and is like you know you can't do this give them notes anything because what he's angling for is the right to edit it any way he wants to oh, in a european fuck. market yeah uh romero brings the movie back to the states everybody's like argento's name is attached to this oh yeah here's some money works out a deal with monroeville mall gets to make john the dead Real quick, plot, plot of the Dawn of the Dead is Apocalypse has started to rage. People are just starting to find out about it. And one of the things I love is there's some newscasts kind of throughout the film where people are still having a hard time dealing with this concept of, of the fact that the dead are rising and that they need to shoot them in the head. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love the idea of like coming to terms with that in a larger scope. And Night of the Living Dead, they figure it out, but it's not as much 
there's not as much sort of focus on what's happening on the outside world, where this is really like everything is going to shit. These two characters who work in a news station decide they're going to take the weather helicopter and get out of there. They pick up two cops. They decide to settle in a mall. You know, everything's going fine for for a while. Uh, one of them gets a little too cocky, dies, becomes a zombie. And then a biker gang comes and kind of ruins it for everybody. But what's interesting about this is you're really only dealing with these four characters for a large portion of the film. So you're given a lot of time to really focus on them as characters get to know them. So when bad stuff happens to them, it, it triggers something in you. You, you worry for these people and you worry about the process of, of becoming a zombie. And there's all this commentary about consumerism. Why are the zombies there? A lot of it has to do with the, the theory is, this place was important to them when they were alive. They're still here. They're after us. They know we're still in here. They're after the place. They don't know why. They just remember. Remember that they want to be in here. What the hell are they? They're us, that's all. There's no more room in hell. What? Something my granddaddy used to tell us. You know Makumbo? Voodoo. Granddad was a priest in Trinidad. Used to tell us, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. It's a really interesting concept because it's commenting on consumerism, capitalism, and the end of the baby boomer era. And really these sort of like mindless droves of people who just want to go and consume. Yes. And that's, and that's it. And I love the four characters. Ken Foray, who plays the, the main cop is so fucking good. By the way, I actually like went on IMDb search. There's this one cop for one scene who they land the helicopter and he's like, you got any cigarettes? I was like, this guy's cute. And uh, <laughs> he's still working. He's a bit actor now, but I was just like, Oh, I need to find out who this guy is. Uh, same. Ever, anyone who's gay and watches movies. Same. Yeah. I just love the way the movie plays out. I love it's love of the characters. Romero went out of his way to make this one a little sillier, you know, okay. the, when the biker gang comes in. But I also, it's funny because this, these are the things Dario Argento hated and edited out of the film. Um, in the, Europe? Yeah. So there's two cuts of this there, movie. There are 10 cuts of this movie. Holy shit. I watched today the, the con cut because I had never seen the con cut. What's a con cut? For con film festival. Oh, so Romero, okay. Romero does a con cut, which is, Two and a half hours. Jesus. I watched it today. It's great. I would watch five hours of it. I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, but the, the main normal cuts about two hours. The Argento cuts a little shorter because he removes some stuff, but uses a lot of alternate takes. Um, there's different music. Goblin did the soundtrack overseas. Goblin's music is only a little bit in the, the American and the con cut. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> what's, what's cool is what Romero's getting at is sort of, how will society work if society will work when, you know, there's so little people. The movie also takes place over a long period of time. One of the main characters pregnant, the only, only female character, she's pregnant and she, you get to see how that pregnancy progresses. And so you get to realize they've stayed in this mall for months and they make a life for themselves. It's a cohabitation of these four people. They, they build it up like an apartment once they clear all the zombies out, I don't know. It's just, it's so interesting to watch because it is this character study of these people who are trying to survive. None of these characters are despicable or horrible. 
unlike the Dawn of the Dead remake, which also has like 30 characters yeah. to the four characters in this movie. Yeah, it has a lot, and they burn through them. <laughs> they do. Well, that's the whole reason to do it, but then you don't get to know anybody. Yeah, and you don't and, care about anybody. Right, absolutely. And it's cool to watch them build this little society until it goes to hell. Also, uh, he was going to go for the pessimistic ending, and I mentioned I kind of hate the pessimism, where everyone dies, like the remake ended up deciding to go with. Yeah. Uh, in the in this movie, he lets two of the characters get away because he realized he made it look so much like quote unquote comic book. You know, everything was really bright. The the blood in the movie is super bright red. The there's a pie fight in the movie with the zombie. The but uh, but those are the things. As I mentioned, those are the things Argento hated because he thought it removed the tension. I really like those things because when the biker gang comes into the mall and they loose all these zombies back into it, the the biker gang has been functioning as an army surviving on the road. They're jaded. They don't think of these monsters as humans anymore. Hmm. And the humans that are left in the uh, mall have basically learned to cohabitate with these monsters by kicking them out of where they live and just building their society from there. And I love this idea of the bikers being so lost, you know, that they have so little regard for anything that they're just like, yeah, whatever, throw pies at these zombies, you know, squirt water at them, you know, have fun with them because they don't have fun anymore. Right. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it's really smart. I think it's it's got a lot to say. It You know, it replaces the racism from the original Dawn of the Dead with consumerism, but talks about it in a way that's just as evil as yeah. as racism. And I don't know. I It's really clever and very funny and a lot of heart. It's also like, I mean, that the boom time of the American mall. Yeah. You know, well, when they first get there, they don't even like some of the characters don't even know what it is. They're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. It, so, yeah, very smart. And I think very ahead of its time, I think, you know, no one in the 80s was talking about. I mean, because it was it was normal. Everyone right. was going that. That was the thing that Americans did. Yeah. You know, that was the peak of the American mall. And so no one was really like shitting on it. No, absolutely not. So. Yeah, I love that. That's a good pick. My pick, surprisingly, was 1984's Night of the Comet. Fuck yes! I never seen Night of the Comet before. I do not know why. I mean, so literally what I do for these movies is I'll Google zombie movies. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. I saw Night of the Comet and I thought, I want to watch that. <laughs> and I'm so glad I fucking did. Uh, Night of the Comet is in 1984. Uh, sci-fi horror comedy it's written directed by Tom Eberhardt the movie was made for $700,000 which is very like almost nothing for yeah. a movie like this for back in the day and god bless this man he essentially was like I want to write and direct a movie uh, about the apocalypse but I want to have strong female characters and he interviewed a bunch of teen girls in LA and asked them, like, what would you do if, you know, the, the world was coming to an end? And and he took all those interviews and put them into this script and made something that is light and fun and really showcases. I was shocked to see these women who are who are still teen girls. Yeah. Having fun, fucking looking great, kissing boys. Having sex with no apologies and no consequences. No consequences. She, that, um, the main girl, Reggie, she is fucking and yeah. she is loving she, it. She survives the apocalypse because yeah. she's fucking. Yeah, exactly. She's fucking. She's playing her video games. 
and she's fucking cool. And, and Mr. Zombie Man, don't you dare come to me. I want to fuck you up. As soon as she walks out and that first zombie comes at her, she karate chops his ass all the way down. And I was like, yes, bitch. You should explain the plot of the movie. Fine. Okay. So Reggie is, uh, it's Reggie and her younger sister, Sam, uh, 18 and 16 years old. Um, they are Valley girls living in LA. Um, Reggie is an usher at a theater. She loves playing video games. She's pissed when she sees someone on her top 10, a high scoring list at the, at the arcade. Uh, she spends the night with her boyfriend in the, um, steel encased, uh, like film room. And, uh, he, cause he's like, oh, stay and I'll pay you the 15 bucks for that you're working, whatever, blah, blah. And it's, they're having frank and real conversations about like sleeping over and like, yeah. uh, um, also she fucking, he tries to neg her about, um, Superman can't see through steel. And she's like, um, it's lead, you fucking idiot. And I was like, <laughs> yes, girl, pop off at him. <laughs> Meanwhile, her younger sister, Sam, she spends the night in like a, a steel lined shed. Right. Uh, a comet passes uh, very closely to earth. Um, when they wake up, everyone has turned into red dust from the comet. Or if you've inhaled the dust from the comet, you've turned into a zombie. And the girls don't know about zombies, but they wake up, they find each other. Um, Reggie fights off this zombie in an alley uh, while she's going to find her sister. And they they have this like really great scene, like, what should we do? There's no one left. And they're like, they're like let's fucking go to the mall. <laughs> and they go to the mall. Which is, which is, in a way, kind of a parody of Dawn of the Dead, but still handled incredibly well. Yes, but also... I mean, the movie was pitched as um, Valley Girls with right. uh, zombies, and the producers produced Valley Girls. Um, and there's like a fun Cindy Lauper girls just want to have fun moment. They run into a uh, fucking mall cop assholes uh, in the mall. Hmm. Um, there's this plot of scientists who. Um, oh, they they also meet a very hunky Hector. Um, I, <laughs> Played by Robert Bertrand, who would go on to play Chakotay in Star Trek. Yeah, he's very hunky in, yeah. in this movie. Star Trek Voyager, to be exact. He, uh, and they meet Robert him. Robert Beltran. 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 Um, they meet him at a, at a, a radio station where it's just like so, I mean, this movie's just so fun. There, it, it is, it does not take itself seriously at all. But at the same time, it's speaking a lot to, um, uh, the independence of these girls, the power that these, Women have um, the the side story of the scientists who essentially are very shady. I won't spoil it, but they're kind of shady. Uh, and, and oh, what I fucking love. You think the woman, the, yeah. the woman scientist is a shady one, but she's actually the one fighting for them. Uh, Played by, amazingly, by cult actress Mary Warrenov, who I love. There's so many uh, good things about this movie. It's tongue firmly pressed in cheek. I, I Funny, funny, funny. Uh, it's not so much like zombies are running around eating flesh. It's more kind of like, I guess, a sickness trying to suppress, um, that in it. But, uh, uh, God, I don't know. This movie is, uh, funny. It's bright. It's, uh, it has something to say. There's a point of view. Um, a lot of people say that this is the influence for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. Joss Whedon himself said he saw the movie. And Sam, the younger sister, was the inspiration for him to write Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
she's fully in a cheerleading outfit. Um, and, and there's, there's an excellent, um, Blu-ray out of this movie that has commentary. Um, it's frequently showed at Alamo and um, if you're in New York at Nighthawk. Uh, the, one of my other favorite things about the film, too cheap for a lot of reshoots, the scene where they were firing their guns was a one take scene and the guns jammed and Sam, the actress playing Sam was so smart in a moment of improv, she just says, great. See, this is the problem with these things. Daddy would have gotten us Uzis. The car didn't know the difference. And and it's so rare to see movies, especially from this time, where these girls, without consequence, they are being authentically themselves. Yeah. They are prissy, femme, and unsexualized, except when they want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 uh, I just, I, I, I had not seen anything like this movie. The vibe is so right. It feels easy breezy. All of the, the things that I loved about zombie movies are found in this movie. Um, and I was gonna, and there are a lot of movies that I, I was thinking of picking, but I think for, uh, for its time, it feels classic. It feels timeless. Uh, for its politics, uh, it, you really can't go wrong with this movie, especially, especially I'm famously not a spooky bitch. If you are looking for a light zombie movie, like a, the perfect Halloween movie that's fun and it's not going to like fucking gross you out, because I saw a lot of gross out movies. Yeah. Um, this one is not one of them, and you will get just the right amount. I feel like the gross out thing is Tom Savini's fault from Dawn of the Dead. Tom Savini did the makeup for Dawn of the Dead, uh, the original, and he had just gotten back from Vietnam, and he was essentially like, mm. I'm going to show you everything I saw over there. So that's your five-star review, but was there anything else that you saw? Oh, my God. You- um, so truly when I saw Anna and the Apocalypse, yeah. I thought, oh my God, my, uh, pl- like, this speaks to me. I was like, uh, hello, a musical. <laughs> um, on that same note, and as a reverse of the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, uh, there's an independent film from about 10 years ago called Dance of the Dead that I really it's a love. Dance movie, right? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a movie about prom. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know how it holds up, but I really enjoyed it when it came out and I thought it was an interesting idea. You know, and what's great is like, it's zombies are kind of insane in the way that they like burst from the ground, like just jumping. And yeah, Um, uh, we've already talked about Paranorman, which I love. I remember I watched it by myself. I actually really assumed Paranorman was going to be your five star review, but it's great. It's It's great. It's truly like a movie that affected me. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think it's very layered. I think it it sounds beautiful. Like Leica Studios really fucking hit it out of the park with that one. If we ever do Ghost Sun film, we also will talk about it again. Yeah. Um, I had not seen 28 Days Later or 28 Weeks Later. Yeah. I wanted to bring up 28 Days Later because I like it a lot. Um, I think Cillian Murphy is the spookiest fucker I've ever seen in my life. Um, (laughs) That movie is interesting to me because that movie at the... I mean, I guess kind of spoilers... They meet up with these army dudes. Right. And then it's all men. And it's, and it's Cillian Murphy and Naomi Harris. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Wonderful actress. And Christopher Eccleston, who's one of the military people. And I just got to thinking like, man, they, this patriarchy shit really hits hard mm-hmm. at the end of this movie. This movie's like the realities of these fucking guys would be sexually assaulting women. Yeah. Would be saying, I'm doing the right thing by trying to rape these women 
to repopulate the earth. And it, and that in itself is even scarier than the zombies. And that, and not that I, I mean, it's that weird thing of like, wow, I'm really affected by this movie and I like it, but it's horrifying. Yeah. So I, I thought that, that I think that movie has more to say than 28 Weeks Later because I think 28 Weeks Later tried to do this family thing that I yeah. just was not fucking with. Um, you mentioned earlier Train to Busan, which, <laughs> yeah, I really loved. If you want a movie about families and zombies. Yeah, and I think Train to Busan really does this thing that a lot of the other zombie movies don't do about the the concept of, like, what it what it really is to sacrifice yourself for someone. Yeah. And uh, I must have, I got a little emotional towards the end of the movie, and I'm not going to say do much about it, but... That movie, and, and again, that movie does fast zombies really yeah. well. But also, I mean, and here's the thing, though. It does South Korean film, by the way. South Korean film. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah. You, ha- you must, you must, you must watch. I do have two more that I really want to mention. The Battery from... I saw it. Oh, you did? Yeah. See, I really didn't think you would because it's super duper independent. Um, I mean, literally, this movie was made for, like, less than... $6,000. Yeah, I, I was going to say, less than $10,000. $6,000. Yeah, and it's really the story of these two guys, and it's kind of like what would happen if you got stuck in a zombie apocalypse with somebody you didn't know that well. And I, I really loved it, too. And... I love the scene where they're like kind of at each other's throats or like as chill as they can be because they're very chill people. You know, you're the only person I know that could walk all the way across New England and gain weight. I'm the only person you know, Mickey. Period. Plus, I'm a catcher. I'm allowed to be fat. Well, then you pull it off. Fuck you, sir. Fuck you to death. Also, I don't know if you got a chance to see this Pontypool, which is a, a Canadian horror film from about 10 years ago. And its idea is um, what if language itself became weaponized? The language, uh, English, is the disease. Wow. And, and it's interesting because that movie's all about hope and compassion because you sort of have to... There's a way to prevent the turning, which they find out later in the film... And it's, and it's basically through compassion. Wow. And so it's really cool, really interesting, and a lot of cool ideas in it. But yeah, I think the best movies we saw had interesting ideas, and things to say. Of view. Yeah, a point of view. I mean, it's very easy to make a movie with blood and guts and gore and a part of zombie. And literally movie. everybody can make a zombie movie. Uh, much like you don't want people looking up your singing, uh, I Can Go the Distance. Which threats have been made. They have been made. I was in a zombie movie when Uh-oh. I was in 19. Uh-oh. You can find it online, but I'm not going to tell you how. <laughs> Good luck finding it, folks. The live journal exists. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. that's interesting. The battery was interesting for sure. Uh, point of view. Things to say. Uh yeah, I mean, and, it, and it's wild. Like, I never thought I'd be the one to be like, you have to fucking go see this zombie yeah. movie. But, like, Train to Busan made me that. Like, yeah. it's insane. Before moving to our fast forward, let's do our mixed reviews review. Um, My one-star review was 2004's Dawn of the Dead. And my one-star review was 2015's Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. My five-star review was 1984's Night of the Comet. And my five-star review was 1978's Dawn of the Dead. So now, we should move into our fast-forward and see where the streaming hordes of the undead are crawling out of their graves in the future. <laughs> in the future! After George Romero, yeah, there has been zombie movies 
through yeah. every we, decade. I mentioned Return of the Living Dead earlier. I should have mentioned it in the five-star reviews, by the way. The first Return of the Living Dead is a masterpiece. Um, they weren't as popular in, you know, late 80s and 90s, but they were being made. Yeah. Uh, and literally, you mentioned um, the Lupita Nyong'o movie that's... Little Monsters, which is on Hulu right now. Yeah, it just got released. Uh, Zombieland 2. Yeah, Zombieland which, Double Tap, which is out in theaters now. Right. The original was made 10 years ago, which yeah. was, uh, you know, Jesse Eisenberg, height of his powers. Yeah. The most mumbly, bumbly little child there ever was. And you you pair him up with this, uh, I believe it was Honest Trailers that said Woody Harrelson playing the state of Florida. That, that sounds about right. <laughs> what, what was, what's his name? Tallahassee. Tallahassee. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and also, real quick, I saw this movie yesterday mm-hmm. called Blood Quantum. It is uh, the the most expensive film made by an indigenous filmmaker in Canada ever. And it's a movie about a zombie apocalypse where the indigenous people of Quebec are not affected. And Blood Quantum, the, the concept of Blood Quantum, uh, the, the phrasing of the word is a very controversial idea about uh, how much indigenous ancestry you have that allows you to be part of certain tribes. Mm. And so that this idea that these indigenous people would be immune to this zombie virus that only attacks, you know, everybody else and dogs and fish. It's an interesting film. It has a point of view. Definitely. It's a little broier than I was hoping for, but I love that director. And I think he's got a keen eye and a really interesting focus on everything he's doing. It's coming. It's going straight to shutter. I believe shutter picked it up. Uh, so that'll be out soon as well. Yeah, I think what I love about this genre is it continues to, like, push, push, push. Yeah. And the Apocalypse is a great example of this. You know, the genre just really pushing bounds. My favorite thing that I realized about zombie movies is it it's universality and this idea that we're all kind of zombies, right? We're all living the best we can day to day. With everyone around us, yeah. you know, and I feel like to... a lot of people credit that to Shaun of the Dead, but it existed all the way right. back in the original Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, yeah, and and the, I mean, even when we watched the Vincent Price, The Last Man, like yeah. he says, "It's another day. I gotta go wake up." It, and I remember feeling like, man, we are all doing our best. We're all, you know, going out there and living and trying to make these decisions to better ourselves and 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 like these zombie movies like the the best zombie movies sometimes we try to make a decision to change for the better and change is hard and sometimes the people around us don't like it or society doesn't like it you know whether it's you deciding to live your truth whatever that is and it fucks up whatever rhythms of society yeah and and you're being misunderstood and it sometimes feels like everyone's out to get you and, or sometimes it feels like you, they want you just to conform, to come back, be part of the horde right. and the mass. And my favorite part is sometimes you get bit. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. That's yeah. life. And, and, and what my favorite part also about these movies, I don't, I didn't like movies that kind of wrapped it all up for you. Like, and I don't need a cure. I don't right. need like, you keep going. You either become part of the horde or you keep going. And that's the end. Of, the end of the movie is you keep going. Right. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Like the girl. You know. You know. That's exactly why I I really despise the Walking Dead TV show. I I watched it for a while back when I worked in an office because it was probably what I would consider one of the last water cooler shows mm. where you actually like could converse with people. But I but I was never enjoying it. And that's 
Robert Kirkman, who created the Walking Dead comic book and, you know, helped Harold in the TV show, he always said the thing he hated about Night of the Living Dead was it ended. And he was like, well, it doesn't end. It just keeps going. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't want to see it keep going. I, and I love everything that you just said. And I, I 100% right. think that we need, if you're going to make a zombie film, you need to adhere more to that. Have something to say, have something political to say, have something romantic to say, have something to say other than just dourness and pessimism. And that's what I feel The Walking Dead is. It's like, oh, it just keeps going. And it's also just. Well, the, uh, that's the thing though, like. Never ending horrors. I don't need it, like, to keep going, but I just know at the end of the story, yeah. this person's gonna keep fighting. This yeah. person's gonna, I mean, there's no entertainment value in that. Right. But, uh. It's not like Romero's dead films pick up characters from no, the previous no, no. ones. You're right. And the same thing in, in the 20 Days Later series. Right. It's, I don't need to know how they're doing. I just know in the social, um, construct of it all, I know that at the end of these movies and, and in everyday life, we keep going. We yeah. do our best. We try to fight off the zombies. And sometimes we fail. And that's okay, too. You know? And that is a, a comfort to me. The emotional response to these movies is way more intense, you know? And that's... I mean, it's exactly why I like the original Dawn of the Dead in comparison to the remake. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm excited and... I mean, and again, I was not a zombie movie person. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... I wouldn't consider myself to be a zombie... But... I feel connected to this genre in a way that I didn't connect with vampires or witches. And it might just be because this feels like the most relatable. And I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's even though it's, Aww. it's even though it's like, it's obviously like fucking <laughs> dead people coming from the grave. Um, but it feels somehow very real. You know, we are just doing our best shuffling along. I'm glad you, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you saw that in it because I, you know, I just I felt like I just kept trudging through these films about anxiety of the other and anxiety of disease and and I've talked about this before sure. on on the on the previous episodes we did you know like a lot of the supernatural stuff comes from old timey fears and zombies are a very new fear and their fear of the disease and the uncleanliness and and right. the mob mentality and yeah but but, uh, but I'm glad you found something clickable into it because there's so many movies that don't have that. It's hard though because I I see a lot I mean on Train to Busan there's a moment where a survivor who's an asshole yeah he said you know some survivors are trying to break into their car and he doesn't want them to come in they eventually do and he says they're infected they're infected like yeah and mob mentality takes over and all the other survivors say fuck them fuck those yeah, yeah. specific people who are just like us, but we're scared of them anyway. Yeah. And he's able to infect them with this thought. And I thought, man, that is Trump's America. If I haven't yeah. seen it, like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And uh, it's just so smart. It's just, you know, we're sitting here watching a movie about, like, people eating brains and shit. But it's clicking on a whole other level about people's innate fears of each other and how we need to take care of each other. And that's maybe why I was like really fucked up by 28 weeks later. Yeah. I was like, man, these people really don't care about each other at all. And the clinical also Rose Burns in that movie. Oh yeah. Love her. <laughs> um, but it's, it's hard. I mean, and, and that's what I also like about it. They ask you, these movies ask you, what would you do? Yeah. Cause no matter what all these movies will say, would you be the one to stay behind and take care of your loved one? What would happen if your mom or dad got infected? And what would you do about that? Um, and there's a logical answer. There's an emotional answer. Um, 
I love the movies that do not judge you for those answers, though. Yes. Because if you're judging me for my answer, it's like, fuck you. Yeah. But if yeah, we're all humans, and, and these people also were humans at one point, um, uh, and if there's something more to say than just like, well, I love my mom, so I don't want to kill my mom zombie, like, right. get over it. I completely agree. More of that in your zombie films, less less of a lot of other things. Less spectacle. Like, yeah. I don't... I mean, but it's not even the spectacle that bothers me. It, it's literally like, I don't know. Like, that's what made me so angry about Little Monsters is I was like, Lupita Nyong'o is giving her all, but we're stuck, like, watching this triforceable relationship with this guy I can't stand. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I just kept hearing you during our drag episode talk about Jack and Jill, where there's like this completely irredeemable person yeah. who's just the worst. And yeah. we're told you're not, you don't have compassion for this person. So you're the bad person. Yeah. All this to say that there are a million ways to fuck up a zombie movie. And there are a million more that are smart and yeah. ingenious. And for me, I was in shocked, impressed that the genre is full of uh, so many uh, good accessible things. I mean, there is literally a Valley Girls zombie movie that yeah. is a fucking banger. Um, and, and also gory, awful, horrible, hard to watch things that are the same. So real quick before we wrap this up, Louie, hmm. what would you do in a zombie apocalypse? Oh God. That's it. I was thinking about that. I was like, I would, I would absolutely not be the girl to be like, let's go find a boat. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that. That sounds stupid as fuck. Um, I would just keep moving. You gotta keep moving. Uh, Finding people along the way, helping out as long, much as you can. Um, cars feel like a very necessary part of that. It's easy to watch a movie in the 60s or yeah. whatever, and they don't know what a zombie is or zombie apocalypse is. But if I see people chomping on people, right? I'm not going to be like, what disease is this? I don't give a fuck what rage disease it is. Like, that's zombie level shit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get bit. Don't get that blood in my face. I would kill myself if you I got would, to the point where, you would kill yourself? yeah, if I got to the point where I realized that there was no hope at all, I w- and I would shoot myself in the head because I also don't want to come back as a zombie. I don't think I would kill myself, but oh, also maybe I so would. <laughs> but I don't think I would ever think there was no hope. So maybe that's yeah. my. I would hope that I would never reach a point in which there was no hope. And so I mean, I say that now, and I sound all tough guy. Like I would probably. Well, be we would definitely some... be fucked living in New York. There's yeah. more bodies oh, yeah. here than people living here. Absolutely. Uh, anyways, thank you so much for listening to our final Halloween episode of the season. Yes, um, we m- for sure missed so many movies. Oh, absolutely. Please. It's a, it's an endless bank. Yeah. Yeah. Send us all your faves that we missed and didn't talk about. <gasps> oh my god, I forgot. I wrote down Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Hello. So where can you find us, Louis? <laughs> <laughs> on Zombie Island with Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Absolutely. You can tweet at us at, at the mixed Reviews on Twitter.com. We're also on Facebook.com, um, the mixed Reviews. You can find our new Instagram account. It's at the underscore mixed underscore reviews. It's so fun. So great. You can find us on all your best listening places like a- Apple Podcasts. A- I was going to say Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music. We are everywhere. We actually got a couple more reviews, which I love, and I will be reading them on air probably in the next episode. By the way, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a five-star review and tell us what you like about the show. And also what that does is helps expose us to other people 
We're not you. Expose us. <laughs> Expose us. Drag us. Um, also, if you want to write us an email, you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening so much. I hope you're having a very spooky ooky uh, holiday, Halloween, Day of the Dead season. Absolutely. Um, we'll be back in two weeks and we'll be talking about an Academy Award winning actress. We will? Oh, yeah. yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, have a very spooky Halloween. Bye, guys. Have fun. Except for those of you who live in countries that don't celebrate Halloween. Have a good Thursday. Fine, 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 fine. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Alanis set, And it's gonna be fine, fine, fine. fine. <laughs> things things that'll never end up on the show, but I love. <laughs>